we're going to go to Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at how do we understand the gospel. How do we understand the gospel? I'm going to read from verse 19. Okay. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth do rust, uh, moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break in and steal. So, church, what it says here is that we should not make our treasure on earth where there is corruption. Now, I need to talk about that. You know, uh, when the Bible talks about corruption, it, it actually talks about more than just. Um, you know, you're going to lose your money. When it talks about corruption here, it talks about corruption inside human flesh. It talks about um, death. That's what it actually talks about. Don't make the system of the world wherein we find corruption in the physical body. And that corruption looks like this. You don't do what you want to do and what you don't want to do that you do. That's the Roman 7 system where you are married to the law, married to legalism, to bear forth fruit unto death. And that is how, uh, what, what we talk of when we talk about corruption. The first fruit of corruption are all the different fruits of the flesh mentioned in Galatians. Like drunkenness, hatred, bitterness and all those kind of things. So, when God comes and He talks to us through Jesus Christ, what He is saying to us don't make your treasure, don't make your treasure the worldly system for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now we need to understand that we understand with a heart. If we go and read in Matthew 13, we will still read it. This is what Matthew 13 says. Matthew 13 says that when you see with the eye, when you hear with the ears, um, you will understand with a heart. So with a heart is, the heart is the very thing we understand with. The heart is the thing uh, with which we see our togetherness with God. Now, um, here it says, Lay not up a treasure for you on earth, but lay up a treasure for you in heaven. Now, when we look at a treasure, it talks about, you know, something you treasure or something that is very, very valuable to you. Now, the Jews of that time treasured Judaism. They treasured Israel. They treasured the legalistic system. They treasured the law. Like we uh, in our country, you know, treasure our tradition. Um, you know, if, like in South Africa, we've got certain Afrikaner traditions that we treasure. It is valuable to us. It is part of our life. We see it as part of us. We see our union with it. And we find that our understanding of who we are and what we are is based on this which we treasure. Uh, when I go to the United States, I see, you know, that the, the people in the, in the USA, they are um, very patriotic. I don't know if that is the right word there. But, you know, the, they love the USA and they've got their, their way about their country and what God has given them. And and, and they're thankful and grateful and everything. And it's almost as if you cannot see yourself 
different from being an American or in my case I cannot see myself I cannot separate myself from being a South African and that is what I see as treasure there when we let us not have our treasure on earth um, and let us just talk a little bit around that let us I mean I can say I'm a South African um, say I was a um, you know an Indian or I was you know from India or from a Native American, a Native South African, you know, um, I cannot find the treasure of who I am in the color of my skin. I cannot uh, just treasure the traditions of my fathers. Yes, it is valuable and we can say glory to God, but if that is your treasure, um, you know, I've got many things I, I own. You know, in this world, we own a house, we own cars, and all those kind of things. But those things aren't my treasure. I would say that my family, I treasure my family. In the very same way, here it comes and it says, um, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. So in other words, don't make earthly things your treasure. Now we have, for so many years, looked at that verse only uh, um, inside the parameters of, don't, don't desire a good house, don't desire a good car, uh, don't de desire new clothes or anything like that, you know, because that is uh, a treasure, treasuring up on earth. Now, I don't agree with that view. What I believe he's talking about here, he's talking about a system of corruption. He's talking about, he's in Matthew 6, he's talking about um, life here, he's talking about that we will inherit life and life in abundance. In, 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 uh, if, we, if we go and look even in John, it talks about that. Matthew as well talks about the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of life, where we will have life. So when he comes and he talks about um, corruption, he talks about a system that will bring forth the fruit of the flesh in us and wherein we will not see resurrected human flesh glorified but where we will see decay in our human body and where we will uh, enter the second death which in this case is legalism and law let's read the next verse and you'll understand this even better it says in verse 20 it says lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt and where thieves do not break in um, and and where they do not steal so what he's saying here is let us lay up for ourselves a treasure where there is no corruption now if you go and read Acts 13 you will see that um, it's quoted in Acts 13 that uh, in the Psalms it says that God would not suffer his holy one which is Jesus to see corruption and then he was talking about the resurrection from the dead, where his physical body was raised from the dead, conquered death and sin. In other words, Jesus Christ became sin. When he became sin, uh, uh, um, he, uh, death, he had act, death had access to him, and death was fulfilled in his body in the sense that uh, the, f the, the fullness of death entered Christ, and he died our death for us. He died the death of every man. 
but God did not, would not suffer uh, His Holy One to see corruption. In other words, His body would not decay, He would not enter the second death, but He would be raised from the dead into immortal human flesh, wherein the fullness of God indwells human flesh, where there is a togetherness between God and the eternal life of God and the immortality that God possesses inside human flesh, and a man would go and sit at the right hand of the Father as the high priest of mankind, being the word of God about us. Okay, now that is what it talks when we look at corruption. So let us not lay up for ourselves a treasure where there is corruption. So let us not embrace a word which states that we cannot have victory free from legalism just by the resurrection power of Christ. Let us not settle for a word wherein we need to mix law with grace to see fruit come forth. Let us not mix ourselves, or let us not mix a message in uh, with, well, and, and let me use it, in, I want to take it both ways. There's a message that says, well, since we, we, we uh, since there's a greasy grace message out there, which is, which is also called this sloppy agape message, wherein people can just sin the way they want it. Therefore, we must take care and we must do our part and believe in the grace and also do our part. Now, the moment you believe in that, you're back into works and that is not the gospel. Then there's another message that says, well, you know, since works is law, we're not going to, we don't have to believe. Uh, we don't have to believe to be saved. We believe in universalism, we believe in any of these, those kind of doctrines, which is also a lie, which says it doesn't matter how I live. You know, it is, it's not about fruit, it's just about God loving me, God seeing me as innocent all the time, and I can just, you know, um, you know th these sins and things doesn't matter because God always sees me as pure, which is true. God sees you as pure because of Christ, but... When we, that message doesn't have power unto a new life. Neither does the message that says we, um, you know, we, 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 uh, um, we need to add good works to our faith have power to give you a new life. The only thing that has got power to a new life is the message wherein we understand that Christ has come to, and that He never saw corruption. In other words, sin could not corrupt his human flesh. And he, to the point that he um, did not see sin, in other words, he didn't sin in himself, neither did he see the second death. He was raised up into eternal, immortal flesh, which is the living hope he has begotten us unto, meaning that is what we can expect. The Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of a man in the Trinity, the life principle or the principle from where God relates to man, which is a human in the Trinity, when that principle starts to indwell us and that becomes valuable to us, that becomes our treasure, then our heart will be where our treasure is. Your belief system, the core of your being, will be inside the Trinity. The heart from where you understand 
the heart from where you think and reason, uh, the heart that causes your ears to hear what God wants you to hear, causes your eyes to see what God wants you to see, that heart will be with God, will be in Christ, will be at the right hand of the Father. Glory to God. So what it says here is, let us not lay up for ourselves a treasure on earth. Let us not make what do we do in this world our treasure. Let us not make how we live in this world our treasure. Let us not make our uh, how financially prosperous we are in this world our treasure. Let us not make Deuteronomy 28 and all its blessings our treasure on this earth. There's only one place. Do you know why? Because if your treasure is that, then your belief system or your heart will be based on that treasure. Everything you believe about yourself, everything you believe about others, uh, everything that comes forth, your, your hope, your faith, your way of loving, your way of living, will all be based on works. And it will all be based on a system that only produces corruption. You will not be able to see anything good in yourself, neither in others, and you will have an evil heart. That is what will happen to you, and an evil heart will only bring forth corruption. Now, let me explain this again. Let us recap again. Now, sometimes it's not good to recap too many times, but sometimes it's good. This is what I say in a nutshell in the introduction part of this message. Where your heart is, or where your treasure is, your heart will also be. A treasure I've likened unto... Um, you know, I am an Afrikaans-speaking South African and I treasure my culture. Or I can be a Zulu or a Kosa or a, a German or I can be a Russian or, or whatever. And you treasure that. That is your treasure. Now where that treasure is, that's where your heart is. That is what you believe about yourself, about who you are. Um, to say that, for me to say, don't treasure the fact that you are a German. Don't treasure the fact that you are an American. It's almost like impossible in your mind. You, you can never see yourself outside of being a South African or being an American. It's almost, and in that way, that's what it says. When you, where your treasure is, your heart will also be. And now it says, let us not lay up for ourselves treasures on the earth where there is corruption. So this earthly system which corrupts, which is busy decaying. The belief system where our heart will be founded in, what do I drive? Where do I stay? How many people watch my, 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 my YouTube videos? How many people watch my, like my Facebook pages? All those kind of things. When I, when I look at those things, and that becomes my, my treasure, then everything I believe, Therefore, everything I see, for as a man believes in his heart so easy, will be based on this corrupt system. And what you will start to see there is corruption in your life. You'll see corruption in your thought pattern. You'll see corruption in your language. You'll see corruption in, in how you'll see the fruit of the flesh in you. And then you will even go to a meeting where, it, where they tell you, stop this, stop this, stop this, live right. And it will just be this vicious circle of death. What we need to do is lay up a treasure for us in heaven. In other words, let the incarnation, let God incarnated into human flesh, 
let that which is God's treasure be your treasure. The Bible says that God saw a treasure in the earth. Now what was that treasure? That treasure was man. He incarnated himself into man that he could get the treasure. So he bought this earth so that he could get the treasure in the earth which was man. And he sees man at his right hand wherein he incarnated himself to forever be a human at the right hand of God. He treasures that. And since he treasures, and from the beginning he treasured having a relationship with man, fellowshipping with man, having an earth with a garden, with people, where he will be one with man and so dwell with man, since that is his treasure, since he treasures the fact that he brings life and that he gives life to human flesh, and he treasures the fact that that person will have immortality and incorruptible human flesh since that is his treasure and Christ is his treasure the fact that Christ doesn't see death since that is his treasure let that be our treasure and our heart will be there our belief system will be there and what will we see we will see even if we are groaning in this world seeing death in our physical body even if we physically die we will see that treasure our heart in that treasure and the power of that treasure manifest in our life in the return of christ and we will see immortality manifest in our life christ will return to the earth we will be glorified the earth will be glorified and so shall we live with god forever what we will see now is the first fruit of that truth which is the fruit of the Spirit manifesting in our lives. Glory to God. I want to read on. Um, let's read verse 21. It says, For where also your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And now it, it, it talks about this treasure. It says, <clears throat> The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, remember I, I looked at that word single there, um, in Strong's, it says there, um, folded together, which also means braided, uh, to put in union. As a possible, uh, as it talks about union here, but the base of this word, which means um, to twine or, let me just look it up for you guys. Um, it says to twine or braid. So it says, let your eye be single let your eye be in the message of you are twined into one with god let your eye be you are braided the, the people in afrikaans let your eye see that it says when your eye see that now now listen he was just talking about the treasure here he was just talking about the treasure let your treasure be in heaven what is that what is that treasure he immediately says that that which will enlighten your body is how you see things and how you treasure things. What is the treasure? The treasure is the fact that you've been entwined with God in Christ. That's the treasure. <laughs> Glory to God. And when that is your treasure, your heart will also be there. Now it goes on in verse 23. And this is what it says in verse, uh, verse 23. Let's go on, sorry, end of verse 22, your, your, your whole body shall be full of life. Verse 23, but if your eye be evil, the word evil there, I read it again, from fire, full of labor and annoyances and hardship, 
Your whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? So what he is actually talking about here, and we said it last, last Sunday, that we will have life and life in abundance in the gospel. But if we are in the law, we will have death and death in abundance. And what that means is, when the light that's in us, if the revelation of I am what I do is the treasure in your life, how great is the darkness in you not, and how will you ever attain unto eternal life? How will you ever have freedom from the flesh? It is impossible. God has decided before time that He wants to be entwined with you, spirit, soul, and body. He and the spirit is just a, a means to an end. The means to the end which says that he wants to entwine his life with your physical body so that you in, in your physical body by having a new mind and a new spirit can dwell with God, physically walk with him, speak with him in a spiritual body, meaning a physical body that finds his life from the spirit. Now that might be very technical guys, but I want you to listen to me, hear me, this is the life of God. Um, and, and we're going to have a, a, a midnight service, for those of you that are in the United States, it will be um, Eastern Standard Time, midnight service. We're going to have a, a um, it will be like 7 in the morning for, for me, but we got, uh, the next day, so I will, I'll be able to tell you guys how, we, um, how, the, how the new year is, long before you guys are there. Um, and I will share with you a little bit of next year and what I'm going to preach on next year. And I want you guys already to know, get your hearts ready for the message of life. Get your hearts ready to understand that God is not separating Himself from your body. That Because now we can have an expectation of life in this body. Glory to God, the first fruit we can bear right now. Now let's go to Matthew 13. And we're going to look at understanding here. Just find the right verse. Jesus was all the time speaking in parables. And then they asked Jesus in verse 10 here, it said, and they asked him, why do you speak to these Pharisees in parables? And then he basically says this, said this, and he asked and said unto them, because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, please, it is not that God gave it to some and didn't give it to others. If you read on, it says there, they willfully closed their heart. So, um, you know, to them, whatever Jesus said was a parable. But to the, Pharisees, uh, to, the, to the disciples, you know, there was a time when he said, Jesus, when they said to Jesus, Jesus, you don't speak to us in parables anymore. We understand what you say. So he was still talking in parables, but it was not a parable to them anymore, for they understand, for they haven't hardened their hearts to the gospel. Verse 12. Okay, I don't have time to go into all of that, but here it says, For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and to him, uh, um, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not from him shall be taken away even that which he has. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they see not, and hear they hear not. Neither do they understand, but in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear, 
excuse me, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and by seeing you shall see and you shall not perceive or understand. For this people's heart has waxed gross, that means become calloused, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have, they, they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Now, this is such a powerful, powerful verse, and I'm going to explain this and end off with this. It says there, they have closed their heart. In other words, we link it to Matthew 6. They've made, they've treasured the law system. And by treasuring the law system, they could not hear. Because the, the, the new system says the old system means nothing. It's like me going to a South Africa and say it means nothing to be an Afrikaans uh, uh, speaking person. It's like, I don't want to hear that. But imagine that if you could hear that, you could have a revelation of life. The guy who says, well, I'm willing to say that there could be death contained in this way of thinking. But let me hear what the new is. And let me then have understanding that's not based on my ethnicity, but understanding that's based on another truth. Then you can have an understanding you know, of the truth. Now, let us just look at the word understand there. He says he wants them to understand. That word understand is a very important word there. Here's the word understand. Um, Strong's. To put together. To send. To put together. That is to comprehend. To act piously. So, what what is big here is, remember when we said, let your eye be single. Let your understanding, let the way you perceive things be from a place where you are intertwined with God in the Godhead. There's only one way where you can actually see that, and that is in Christ. God became man, is seated at the right hand of the Father. There's no other way. Now it says... When we can hear what he says about us in Christ, then our understanding will be, then we will start to understand. What is this understanding? We'll put together. We'll see ourselves as put together with him. So, when do you understand something? The only time when you understand the gospel is when you can see a human being seated at the right hand of God. That's the only time you're actually understanding the gospel. When you cannot see yourself as perfectly innocent, perfectly sinless, fully united with God, God being a human being forever, wherein God is fully, where man is fully braided into God and God is fully braided into man, where we are intertwined, never to be separated. When we see that and we hear that, and that is the foundation from where we reason and think in this life, then you have put then you are put together with God. The message of the gospel is the message of God and man being put together. And this putting together message where you see your togetherness is called understanding. So when are we understanding the gospel? We are understanding the gospel when we see our togetherness with God. When you still have a mentality of separation. 
where you still have a mentality of my body is separate from God. I'm spirit and soul. Spirit is one with God. My soul is not one yet. My body shall be one or something like that. Listen, then you are not understanding the gospel. And if you are not understanding that and you're still treasuring the old system, you are open for corruption. You'll see the first fruit of the flesh in your life today. When we can see our togetherness, and let me end off with this way. When the Bible talks about togetherness, he uses a very intimate term. He uses the word communion. Um, or which is which can also be talked about or, or to know where the Bible talks about that Adam knew his wife Eve and they had children it talks about sexual intercourse it talks about oneness of flesh it's actually uncomfortable for the religious mind to talk that way but that is the language God uses when he talks about our union with Him. The only place where you can bear fruit, if you go and read on in Matthew 13, it says there, those that hear the word and don't understand. Those that hear the word and refuse to see the togetherness and stands on separation. The enemy comes and steals the word from them. In other words, takes that seed from them. The thief has not come but to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's the thief? It's the preacher of the law message. Okay? That's got his way of doing born from Satan. He steals that from you. And what happens? You bear no fruit. Then we can go on and we can be happy about the good news, but we wouldn't find this truth as the treasure of our heart. It's just a mental happiness. Well, we're happy about it, but we still don't see our togetherness with Him. What happens when persecution comes? Because our foundation is still in what we wear, how much, what we drive, what people think about us, and not at this treasure of our union, our, how we braid it together with Him. We find that we don't bear fruit. Then the cares of this world, we don't bear fruit. So at the end of the day, it's all about we seeing that we are God's treasure, that we can see that God treasures the human race, that God treasures His union with man in the Godhead, that He made that spirit of unity available for every person to believe, when you hear that and you allow that message of unity to enter your heart, what do you find? You find that that spirit heals your flesh. And you find Sunday, you find the first fruit proving that you are a, 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 it's, it's a down payment of your sonship. And you will find that you will be acknowledged as God's son in the resurrection by receiving immortal human flesh. And next year we're going to talk so much about these things. I'm so, so excited about this. So, let's end off by just wrapping up what understanding is. Understanding means to be put together. So, when do you understand the gospel? When you can see your togetherness with God in Christ. Glory to God. Make your treasure the message of the incarnation.
and God united with human flesh in Jesus. Where he's not ashamed of you, where he's proud of you, and where he loves you. Guys, thank you so much for slotting in. I would like to pray for you. I just believe in my heart that there are people here that's never received Jesus as their Lord. You've only had legalism as your Lord. Um, there are people that maybe have friends watching with them right now. And, um, and you've never received Jesus. And I would like to pray with you right now. Just there where you are, in your heart, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for loving me. I see that you've died for me. I see that you were raised in human flesh. I see a human being, Jesus, at the right hand of the Father. I want you to say those words. Say, I see a human being, Jesus Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. There's no bones in the grave. There's only a resurrected Jesus. And that man, Jesus, is my high priest. I acknowledge that Jesus died and that he rose from the dead. I acknowledge that you intertwined God and man, Father. And that is my treasure. I receive it today. I receive my salvation. I am innocent. I am forgiven and I am free. I receive Jesus right now. Amen and amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer, I would like to uh, invite you to go to our um, go to our webpage dynamicministries.com and just go to uh, uh, web fellowship and you will see there's a web pastors tab there. Click on the web pastors tab. And just contact one of our web pastors if you need prayer. Um, we would love to get in contact with you and just help you in the, do the first steps of this Christian walk of grace. Thank you so much that you have watched this. I apologize again for the sound that maybe wasn't that good. Um, but you know, this is how these things go. Thank you so much. You are treasured by God. You are loved by God. Uh, God united with man is the greatest treasure we could ever receive. Amen.